Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. I'm the host of the show, Neil Haley. You can go to my website, TotalTitter.net, for more information. Twitter, TotalTitter, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, TotalTitter, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google+, Plus, and also on Periscope at TotalTitter. And uh, it's, again, the Just Two Choices celebrity segment. So I still want first want to welcome the program my co-host, Rico Rakoski. Rico, how are you, man? And I know you're excited about our guest today. I'm super excited, Neil. Thank you, and I hope high vibes to you. And uh, it's truly an honor and a privilege to have with us today the author of the number one personal finance book of all time, Rich Dad Poor Dad, which, by the way, worldwide has sold over 30 million copies, published in 53 languages, and is in over 100 countries. Today's guest, author, electrifying entrepreneur, educator, Robert Kiyosaki. Robert, welcome. Semper Fi, and thank you for your services in Rico Aviator. Well, thank you. All right, Robert, we're so excited to have you on the show, and uh, especially uh, at this time, we're looking at our economy and everything like that, Rico. So, Rico, what question do you want to touch upon first with Robert? Well, actually, first of all, I actually want to start start on something in education, Robert, for the sake of discussion here as we get started, a quick background. Both Neil and I have background as entrepreneurs and in education, I'd say supplementing traditional education. Neil is the CEO and founder of his own business, Total Tutor, and uh, the Total Education Network. Graduated from Duquesne, and his dad was a Naval Academy grad. And um, as for myself, I'm very active in STEM education. And for those who aren't familiar with that, science, technology, engineering, and math uh, education in Detroit, associated with the foundation in the auto industry. And I write books and publish books for kids on positive choice. I flew out 16. And then transition to the airlines, and I'm a graduate of the Air Force Academy. So that's kind of our background here as we move into education. Uh, Robert, um, you know, I, um, in your books, you talk extensively about the importance of education, very specifically about the enormous importance of financial education. And you've had excellent success with your books and seminars and your games and, and uh, in this topic of financial education. So in the future, how do you see this important life skill, financial education, getting out there for the population or implemented? Is it going to stay grassroots, or do you have other ideas for how to supplement those ideas? Well, that's a big question. And uh, first of all, congratulations for flying F-16s. I wasn't that good a pilot, so <laughs> I was I was a gunship pilot. I was, I was a little gunship pilot in Vietnam, so we were low and slow. But it, but anyway, um, I'd like to trade it. I'd like to trade a place with you. I think that's a lot of fun, also. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, the problem with education is education, mm-hmm. and what most people don't realize is that going to school actually keeps you poor. Mm. And so, by you know saying, well, how do we solve this problem of the economy and yada yada yada? Well, the problem begins when you advise your child to go to school, get a job. Uh, work hard, save money, get out of debt, and invest in the long term in the stock market. You know, that's where it begins. And as long as you think that dogma or that mantra is smart, then you'll never become rich. So it's only until you break out of that dogma wow. mm-hmm. do you actually begin to see a new world. And that's where yeah. the problems begin. The problem is our school system. It's obsolete. It's out of date. And, <laughs> and Robert, because especially I talk education all the time. I mean, when, when there there's not a mindset of specifically uh, thinking out of the box, looking at leader, developing leaders in school and teaching them more than just, hey, go get, go ahead, work hard, keep getting educated and get a job. That's going to continue to put us in this financial debt, isn't it, Robert? 
That's correct. It's that uh, it's the and when they talk about the income gap, well, the gap be- begins in that gap between your ears, and what are we filling the kids' brains with? And that's where it begins, because you know the story of rich dad, poor dad. My poor dad was a PhD, went you know University of Hawaii, Stanford, Northwestern, and all that stuff, but he died a poor man. Good man, hardworking. Whereas my rich dad was an entrepreneur and never went to school, but he says, you know, he says, if you go to school, you'll work for me because he was an entrepreneur and our schools train you to be employees. And that's where the divide begins. So as you know, the one reason people are poor is because chapter one, lesson one in Rich Dad, Poor Dad says the rich don't work for money. So if you're an employee or self-employed like a doctor, you pay the highest taxes around. <laughs> right. I think yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Whereas yeah. myself <laughs> as a professional investor, I pay zero tax and and legally, illegally. But uh, yeah. so I get ahead 10 times faster because I can make, let's say, a million dollars and pay zero tax. Wow. And well, well, Robert, you know, it's, it's, yeah. if you talk about those kind of things, you know, about 20 years ago, when you first introduced this idea of financial education, you know, the importance of financial education, Rich said for that, you were considered to be way out there. Yeah. Yet, you know, these eyes, you know, what's happening today in our reality, as Neil's, if you and Neil have talked about here, is that, um, you know, there's this importance of financial education is coming around. I mean, can you can you see a change at all from, from 20 years ago when you first introduced this and everybody said you were crazy to how the idea is being entertained today, or are they still saying it about the same as they did 20 years ago? Okay. Mm-hmm. They tell you don't make mistakes. They punish you for making mistakes. Mm-hmm. I was reading this article about from the so-called academic who says you can't learn from making mistakes. Oh, jeez. And, and you know what I'm going, you know, when I was a kid, I learned to walk because I fell down. Mm-hmm. And when I touched the yeah. stove, I understood yeah. what my mother said, don't touch the stove. You know? Right. <laughs> and, but yet yeah. school teachers really think you have to have the right answer. Mm. And so what happens, you become like my poor dad, great man, PhD. He had all the answers, but he was terrified of doing something because he might make a mistake. On the other hand, as a pilot, how many drills and practice runs did you do every day? It, that's exactly it. The real every thing. day, every I day, I practiced. Every day. Yeah. yeah, every day, all I did was practice. When I played football, we practiced five days a week mm-hmm. to play a one-hour game. Right. And so the way you get smarter is by making mistakes. mistakes right. And, and once, once you can understand that you're supposed to encourage a child to make mistakes and learn from your mistakes, then you have a smarter child. But the kid that does the best in the school is a kid with the best memory. Yes. And as you know, as a pilot, you know, a lot of those guys who are great academic students were not great pilots. You know what I mean? Either you had it or you didn't have it. it so, yeah. And that's, that's a, the problem. It's truly the problem, Robert. And I think what you said about not making mistakes with this teaching of the test system, Common Core, have a specific situation where all that matters is one standardized test throughout the year. They're not teaching and one, kids, answer. one answer. One answer, exactly. And one answer. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. you run into a situation right. that, that 
all that matters is those test scores and right. and they don't mean anything and as you said in research before in one of your books I remember Robert you said you know C students are more successful down the line or even B you know and not just C but ones that you know made it not really education really wasn't for them once they were able to think out of the box think for themselves come up with things that you know a lot of people get out of your comfort zone in specific ways they're the most successful people Robert correct well you know, I got that. I had to, I had to plagiarize that from a man named Albert Einstein. You know, he said, "Imagination is more important than knowledge." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I was, and as an entrepreneur, as you know, right, you got to have multiple right answers. Yes, you do. And one answer, one answer doesn't work. You got to do the next one immediately. You know, and learn, and it's almost a process of eliminating. Right, because you have to try it first, Robert, and so many people are fearful to try it first and to make a mistake. So if they make it, and well, that's, that's how we're programmed in schools. Well, that's yeah, the, right. the reason for that is you bring program from academia to corporate. Mm-hmm. And in corporate, you make a mistake, you're fired. Right, exactly, yeah. So that's why we have all these people who are you know, emotionally constipated, just hanging on to job security <laughs> or terrified of making mistakes. And then they try and become an entrepreneur, and they wonder why they fail. Well, because entrepreneurship is a system of failing faster and standing up again. <laughs> right. So that's why that's yeah. why C students do better than A students. In fact, A students work for C students. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love that title. And, and you know, Robert, uh, I've been working for over 20 years in my days off from flying, both when I was in the military and out of the military, flying out for the airlines and stuff, with STEM education, and it seems as if you know we're making some kind of headway as a supplement to the educational system because they're busy teaching testing. Um, do you think that there is possibility that there would be an, an, um, an, a need? I know you're trying to do it with your with your uh, company uh, or a way of reaching more kids earlier with regard to this financial education as it's a, a supplement to the population, just like you know, um, just like STEM education or just like with. With um, with Neil, you know, he tutors he tutors kids, which is outside the system. Do you think there's a place for that that could make some a dent in this challenge we have? Well, 20 years ago, I designed the Rich Dad Company to bypass the schools. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, oh, so, I'm with you. So that's why I created the cash. I started with the cash flow board game in '96. Is that the board game teaches income, expenses, assets, and liability, basic financial statement stuff, not this FICO score crap. Right, right. You know, so it teaches you income, expense, asset, liabilities, but it encourages you to make mistakes by the game. It teaches you debt and all this. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is the kids teach themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's what the cash flow game was designed for. And then from there, I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad to supplement the game. So oh, wow. I just bypassed it, and I don't. I don't really want to go and talk to the school teachers because that's like talking to my father. <laughs> <laughs> so you hope that they come to you and yeah, read your books and stuff. Every time, I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, the, 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 the game will allow you to make as many mistakes until you win. Mm-hmm. And that not that winning is that important, but it's sure better than losing. <laughs> Exactly, and, and we're limiting a lot of the competition, Robert, in our schools today. That's a, another big thing that since, uh, you know, you you came out with the the book about C students and A students, th- things have gotten worse in education, and now competition and kids that are very talented are not 
uh, you know, encouraged to become better and better at what they do. They're, they're slowing down. So I guess what you're saying specifically enough is people need to get educated to a point, then they need to get on their own. And the only way to stay is through entrepreneurship, through entrepreneurship, right? Robert, working for somebody else is just going to constantly keep you in debt and stuff, right? No, it doesn't. It really has, you know, I could be an employee and still be rich. It's just, <laughs> The second thing besides making mistakes is you have to look at your environment. You know, like school is the most oppressive environment for me. Right. Yet for the A student, it's heaven. So for one student, it's heaven, another student, it's hell. Like you look at flying, that environment, my spirit came out. I'm sure yours did too. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was beyond love. Yet for other guys, it was horrible. I mean, I remember these guys... they couldn't sleep at night. They didn't want to take the next flight in the morning. You know, they were terrified. And then when I got when we got to Vietnam, that's where the rubber met the road. And there were some guys who could not handle the environment of combat, mm-hmm. whereas other guys loved it. So that the, the issue of environment. So the other thing a person does is they find the environment that their spirit thrives in. You know, for some guys like. You know, this guy, Bob Costas, who does all the sports and all that. Right. That guy's got the dream job. He, he does. loves sports. He talks sports. He goes to sports. You know, that's his place. So the child should be encouraged to seek environment, not a job. Uh, I love that. You, so you, so it's more the passion, what they love to do, and become the very best at it, Robert, correct? Well, it's yeah. the environment. You environment. know, like I loved football, mm-hmm. and I love rugby. I didn't like ping pong, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not my game. Does that make sense? Because I love hitting people. But I went out for soccer, and I couldn't hit the guys. So I said, no, I think I'll stay with rugby. <laughs> so the environment. Interesting. It's the playing field of what you do and an everyday basis and how it fits right. for you in the environment. You know, when you find your environment and your game, you're, you've got it made. Uh, and see, and, and that's that's the yeah. interesting question. I think Robert, I finally found my environment. I tried to. I was a professional wrestler at one point in time, a school teacher, two wrestling two different ways, and for sure wrestling kids in the classroom of thirty and stuck in walls or getting beat up in the ring. To my environment now, where I I I, I thrive in it, where it's I would say it's unstructured but structured, and I'd say it's it's always moving, and that's where I can do any type of job that I do for my business individually or manage or coach and it, it's it feels it, it, it's it's a fit so what advice would you offer parents for their kids regarding that to say hey let try to f- help have help them find their environment instead of we always well, look for, at yeah well first of all when i meet young kids that come up to me and say they want to drop out of school i said well you know don't do that mm-hmm. and, and they go but you don't uh-huh. like school and i said yeah but in school you learn to <laughs> And then when you look at life, I'm dealing, I said school is good training to do, otherwise you become one. So if it makes sense, you know, for the parent to have the kids sit there in a cubicle and, you know, graduate to a cubicle, then that's what they want for their kid. If the kid loves it, they're, they're in hog's heaven. But, you know, like, as you know, the happiest time of my life was flight school. Mm. You know, I studied in the morning and flew in the afternoon. You know, I, I thought I died and went to heaven. And then you know, when, by the time I got to Vietnam, I was ready to fight. But there are yeah. guys who just never had it. You know what I'm talking about? They, they, they stayed behind yeah. to become instructors because. But there were guys who wanted to fight, 
And so combat was my environment. I loved it. So other guys came back with PTSD, and I came back depressed going, hey, what happened? <laughs> I, and, and I didn't like flying after that exactly because it was too controlled. Wow. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't call ATC and you know vector in there and do all this. I said I'm out of here. So mm-hmm. it's it, I became very cognizant of environment. When you look at guys like let's say Thomas Edison, his genius came out in a laboratory. Right. And you know and a guy like Big Jagger, you know, he was an economist and an accountant, but his genius came out on stage. And that's what I'm talking about. Wow. They should make the child aware. Yeah that there are different environments and they got to find that for themselves. School is one environment. It's, it's a hostile environment. In my opinion, it's a cruel environment, but you deal with idiots and that's what it's good for. So I guess Rico, what Robert's trying to say for our listeners out there is they have to go to school, but don't go forever. What Rico, you know, what we're seeing a lot and I'm sure Robert will touch upon this, the career student that constantly goes back to school instead of going. Yeah. yeah. Right. I know, you know, the, the National Merit Scholar, the National Merit Scholar winner in my school, you know, he's still there. He never graduated. You know, he's got more degrees after his name than anything else. And that's his environment. He likes and his the teachers, yeah. the teachers loved him and all this stuff, you know. They hated me, loved him. Because <laughs> <laughs> you speak the truth, Robert, for sure. Right, Rico? <laughs> Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's, what, and, and it's when I talk to kids. You know, you know the other thing I, I like that you brought up too, Robert, when you're going through your, your books as well. And I, I really, I like your writing style. It's it's really clear. It's, it's direct. You know, I oh, uh, thank you. I, and I and what I also appreciate about your writing style is that when you talk about these subjects, with whether it's educators or it's about you know your dad or your rich dad, you talk about it always in a balanced way. There's no jabbing. There's no you know poking at anybody. You, you present both sides, I think, very fairly, um, so that as a reader, you want to keep going through the book and saying, okay, let me take a look at that as well. And so um, so that was just an aside that popped into my mind, because I, I really appreciate that, that oh, way of writing. And the other thing that, and, and the other thing that comes to mind goes back to aviation, but, um, but it also pertains to anything in life. I like how you emphasize in your books the importance of practice. Now, I, I hadn't thought of it until I looked at your books, and you go, yeah, in school, you're, you're testing. You're not really practicing for anything. No. No. I mean, I, I shouldn't say practicing for anything, but how you have to have this, this point at which you jump off to get real-life experience and make that part of your life to integrate it with the fundamentals that you, you, know, that you learned in school. And it, it, is, it just comes down to the quality, the quality of your choice of practice. Well, the the, of unfortunately, what the child learns is that making mistakes make you stupid. Mm-hmm. That's the takeaway. That's true. If yeah. you make mistakes, you're yeah. stupid. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me, because if you look at reality, the guys that make the most most mistakes are the biggest winners. For example, you look at Michael Jordan. He got cut from his first team, but he never stopped practicing. You know, this this guy, Tiger Woods, he never stops practicing. You know, the, right. the, great, the great actors and actresses are always at rehearsal. You know, then they go but on it's, stage. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that people don't make that connection. You know, an Olympic athlete is there because of the practice, but they don't make that connection to success in life. It's such an obvious, you know, connection. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have to be, you know, I remember when I went off of football as a fat kid, the first thing they say was start running. I'm going, what? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know what I mean? It's that's what you learn in real learning environments. Yes. The same as like flight school. I studied in the morning and flew in the afternoon. You know, I I, I had a what they, we took in the Navy. They're called downs, and you downed. And so I just went back and practiced, and then they let me fly again. Yeah, it's it's how we learn. Yeah, and I would agree with you with all yeah. making mistakes. At times, I would get frustrated by it because, again, we group people based on their ability academically. And then the ones that don't make mistakes, don't study hard, are the ones that keep moving up the ladder in the school system. However, once they get to college, that changes in certain ways. And that the ones that thrive at least to get their degree and move on to their career and their environment, and not they learn to work hard once they got there. So looking at SAT scores, Robert, looking at ACT scores, and guaranteed that's going to mean that that student's going to graduate from college and move on to a good career. Is false completely, and that's the. Well, let, that's, me, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me take you. So, and as an investor, because I'm an entrepreneur, I can fix the company, or I can fix the real estate. I'm hands-on, means I'm active, not passive. I have control of my investments. I control the taxes and the debt ratios. But the average person has no idea. Did you know that 30% of most funds and ETFs don't even turn a profit? All right, Rico. What a, um, we finish up the show, Robert, always with, uh, with a very, very interesting question. And that question is basically a survey, Robert. And Rico, go ahead and give them the survey. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, Robert. Um, one of uh, I have a couple of books out for kids. My latest book, that, um, actually the third edition of the book that's out, is called Just two choices. So in every moment, I mean, it's the only time you have is right here, right now. You have just two choices, you know, either flip the switch on or leave it off. You know what I mean? And so life, you just make, take a step that's incrementally closer to what you want to achieve, or you're going to take a step that's incrementally further away from what you want to achieve. So uh, the thought here is, and I notice you use the word, as I read your books, you use the word choice and choose and chose a lot in your books. How much or what percentage, this is a question we ask everybody, what percentage of life that you feel is choice and what percentage of life do you feel is circumstances? It depends upon the individual, whether they're active or proactive, whether they're mm-hmm. inactive or proactive. For example, I'll often do something just to make a mistake. Hmm. I'll, I will oh, go okay. into what I, I deem as the unknown. And because mm-hmm. it's in the unknown is where you find life. You find answers. Mm-hmm. But most people will choose what they know, which means they're not active. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're the kind of person that just, it's, you, it's life is about choice, is what, but the percentage what Rico's trying to talk about, how much of your life is making a choice? A lot of it. Most of it. All, all the time. All the time. So our, our work. Yes, where's the best That's place? The difference. Yeah, definitely. Where's the best place we can find information on you, purchase your book and learn more about you, all your different projects? I know new books are coming out for you, Robert. Tell us all that different stuff and then specifically enough uh anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye. Well, there's a we have richdad.com, but you gave us a great perspective on education, something to definitely bring up the, uh, with my wife in their discussion because, again, she was getting uh trained on another one of the methods uh through uh because she teaches kindergarten and the school's trying to go more business level and leadership level. And you are speaking more to the terms of specifically enough the environment. I think it's a great thing because we aren't all, we can't all be individualistic in the same yeah. in so many ways. So Robert, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. 
Keep up the good work, you guys. Thank right. you, Robert. Take care. Thanks. See you. Okay, right, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. All right, that was again uh, live with uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk very soon later today. Take care, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.